Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's message of the week. We're afraid that due to technical difficulties, we didn't manage to record the whole of the message this week. So there are about 15 minutes missing at the end. We also apologise for the bad sound quality, but we hope you can still enjoy listening to the message. This morning, what I'm going to do is just take a little bit of time to reflect on some of what we've seen God do amongst us and through us, uh, and also set the scene a little bit for the turn ahead. Uh, I want to say a very big thank you to everyone that's spent time, energy, effort getting church in the flesh happening again in these last four months. Uh, and there are a number of people who have put in hours and hours of effort to make it happen. So thank you so much. Thank you. They're not here, but we've got kids team back up and functioning um, out of the room right now. Refreshing starting again today. And it's been a real team effort. So thank you to everyone that has put that time in. Uh, as I said, we're going to do three weeks on vision today, looking back next two weeks looking a bit more uh, currently and forward. Uh, and out of these few weeks, we're going to do two things. The first is we're going to pray together. And so if you've got a diary, I would like to get it out and to put in that on the evening of Sunday the 17th of October, we're going to pray together. We'd love to call you. If this is your church, if this might be your church, we'd love you to come and pray. We're going to pray on the evening of Sunday the 17th into what we're sharing in these three weeks. And uh, the other thing that's going to come out of this series is Leading up to our uh, special offering this year, uh, which will be taking place in November, so we're going to talk a little bit about that in the weeks to come. But I'd like to give you notice. I'd like to give you notice before we say, "Hey, put your hand in your pocket. Let's give to what God's doing," because that's helpful, isn't it? You can prepare yourself, you can look at your finances, work out what you might do. So we've got a special offering coming up in November, and then after all that, did you know there are eleven Sundays left until Christmas? Just turn to the person next to you, pray for them, bless them as Christmas celebrates towards us. Uh, we're doing three weeks on vision, uh, and then for those of you who like to get ahead, not just in praying, not just in getting ready to give, but in also getting ready for the preaching series that's coming, we're going to preach in one Peter through the rest of this term. So, hey, do you, you're one of those people who likes to be prepared? Go away, read one Peter a few times, it will help prepare you. All that's in store. <coughs> Ten years ago, if you'd gone around the room and asked the 40 people why they were at Hope's launch service, you would have undoubtedly got a variety of answers. I'm sure some people had been dragged there. I'm sure some people were going to support something that other people were doing. Some people, Kelvin, had travelled down from the northeast at the time to support what was going on. Some people had moved specifically to Harrogate to be a part of the church plant. Others were already here. But I, I imagine that if you asked a few questions and you got down to the underlying reason that many of the people in that room were in the room, the reason you would have arrived at was ultimately love. People might be here because of love for God, they want to be part of the church. They might have been here because the love of God had moved them to love this area. It might have been the other people who were coming, so they came along with them because of the love they had for the people that were going. I'm sure love would have been the bottom line 
for many people. And I'm going to tell some stories this morning. I've got some numbers, got some prophetic words we're going to pull out. But I want to start by reading the Bible. Uh, we're going to read from 2 Corinthians. So if you've got a Bible, you can open it up. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, and I think this section that we're going to read together communicates very clearly why for many people they've got involved in this church over the course of the last 10 years. So it is up on the screen behind me. I encourage you to get it out in front of you as well as you can. The middle verses of this passage are very famous. I'm sure if you have been a Christian for any length of time, you have quoted them uh, at some point. But it's really the words of man, that most famous of verses, that I think are going to speak very clearly to us this morning. So let's turn our attention to the scriptures. We're going to start in verse 14, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's going to be through to the end of the chapter. And it says this, For Christ's love compels us. Don't skip on too quickly. That is the most important part. For Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Friends, I believe. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you. On Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's a passage full of good news, isn't it? Poignant, I think, for us today as we reflect on love, the reason that we exist, the reason that we're here is God in His love has moved in us, caused a love for Him in our hearts and a love for the world around us. And 10 years on, I mean, I was there, let me say, in the words of your great aunt Beverly, haven't you grown? <laughs> Anyone got a great aunt? Anyone got a literal great aunt Beverly? No. Anybody got a great aunt that says stuff like that to you and then tries to kiss you? I've been grown since the last time I saw you five years ago. Yeah, that's really the sentiment of this morning. That's, haven't we grown? So much has happened since that ten years ago. But the reality is the same DNA is still at work within us. The same heart is still beating. We still have the same shaped nose. Our eyes are still the same colour, our complexion is still the same look 
about us. We're a people compelled by love for God and for people, for those around us. We're compelled by love because of the incredible victory that Jesus has won and that Paul is writing in these words. And if you don't know Jesus here this morning, if you're not a Christian, maybe you've been dragged along as I'm sure some were on that first morning 10 years ago, then what I mean by that is that the victory of Jesus has defeated humanity's greatest enemy. You know, we live in a world that's scared of death, that has no answer for death, that knows that death really isn't the way it should be. I've heard so many stories of people through the years who have been physically scared of dying, and yet they've encountered the love of God, that fear disappears. And the reason for that is because in the events of Easter 2,000 years ago, Jesus defeated and disarmed death. It's no longer something that believers need to be scared of. Jesus won. He disarmed humanity's greatest enemy. More than that, where we were distanced from God, from the very relationship full of hope and meaning, purpose and peace that we were designed to live in, where once we were distanced from that relationship, now that closed path has in Jesus, become arms of welcome that are wide open. We live in a world that's striving for peace. How many times have you said, or someone said to you this week, that you just need a holiday? Just need a break, just need a moment of peace, a moment of solitude, a break from the norm. We live in an age that strives for peace, that's longing for purpose to know why we exist, that wants to know it belongs. Christianity, the message of Jesus speaks right into that fundamental need. The victory of Jesus has opened the way for every man, woman, and child to encounter that purpose, that peace, that love, that meaning. And we are called Hope Church, and we are people full of hope because we've tasted some of that now, but we are convinced that there is more to come. We have tasted some of that victory now. But we are convinced, our hearts are filled with hope that the promises God has made will be fulfilled. Some people will tell you you can have it all right now. I'm not sure that's the super kind message because it isn't a tap you can turn on and off. The promises of God fill us with a hope that one day we will see it completed. And it's this hope that the people of God hold out to the world around. It's this hope that we're united in. It's this hope that compels us by love into the world around us. That's why Hope Church exists. That's why Hope Church was brought into being. That's why we keep on going. That's why so many people have put so much time and effort into enabling us to be together again in this room this term. And that's what's caused all that we've seen happen in the last 10 years to happen. I've been crunching the numbers this week. It's been a really fun job. I mean, I'm a maths geek, right? So the numbers is fun anyway. But these numbers are, are fun and encouraging for more than just the value of numbers. Is that okay? If you don't like numbers, this is still good for you. We've uh, got the next slide. So I reckon, from my calculation, the last 10 years of hope, we've seen 60 people respond to Jesus for the first time. Mm-hmm. 60 lives fundamentally altered because of the encounter Jesus. 
I've actually discovered there's an extra baptism that happened before I came. So 45 people have been baptized in this church in the last 10 years. It's more people than are in the room. Lives utterly impacted and altered through the course of this church. And my heart, I don't know about your heart, as you hear these numbers, my heart says two things. My heart says, wow, and more. My heart says, wow, God. And I know the names of these people because I've got the spreadsheet. My heart is, wow, God. The stories that are implicit in these numbers, the changed circumstances, the perseverance, the healing, the restoration, the hope that's come to some of these stories. Wow. Yet, Lord, it makes me want to see more. And I have the privilege not just of having a spreadsheet with names on, but standing at the front of the room today and looking out. And I know many of the people in this room. And I know many of your stories. I know much of what God has done in your life through this family during the last 10 years. And we could probably make a line of people until the rest of the day as stories of restored hope, stories of purpose, stories of family, stories of salvation. Are told again and again and again. There are many, in fact, who aren't on those two numbers, whose stories are perhaps the most powerful. I can tell you a story of the little girl who was given a 0% chance of life while she was in the womb, and as we prayed, something moved and she's alive and we enjoy amongst her. I can tell you the story of someone whose sense of smell was not there at birth, but at the age of 40 something was restored after someone prayed and fasted. I could tell you countless stories of pain disappearing, of marriages finding hope and restoration where there was desperation, of people utterly disillusioned with church and with God, who found an oasis, who found a place of still water, who found a pasture they can sit in and find healing. Many of you know one of those stories is your story, and you're sitting there, yeah, that was me. There are stories of people recovering out of deep depression, suicidal thoughts. Stories like we already heard this morning of those who thought they couldn't have children who have had children. People who are still in that place believing that God will help them in their greatest desire. And the perseverance that they're going with is a result of hope in their life that God isn't going to And this church is an exciting place to be. Wow. Oh, but God, more. Oh Lord, we long for more. We've seen on the right hand side of that slide as well three initiatives, projects birthed out of this church as well. We've got the village assisting new families with the baby bank. Perhaps hundreds of families in this town, both practically in the last four years, six years. School and Uniform Bank recently started helping families further along with other children too. Much more to come. Wow! More. We've seen a Reflect Pregnancy Crisis and Pregnancy Choice Centre open up in Harrogate, and Tanya Allen, Hyrie, and that is, she's not here today, she's going to have Pregnancy Crisis training today. But she was, she pioneered in Harrogate overseas the whole of Reflect now. Part of this church, what a great joy to have assisted many women and couples in an hour of deep, dark need. We've set a team 
off to North Vancouver to plant Tyler Church and to hear backstories from them, seeing people respond to Jesus, seeing hope brought on the other side of the world. It's just so heartwarming, so joy-inducing. Yet, yeah, Lord, more. There's so many stories. As a family, we've often talked about a vision statement, I guess, in the bottom left of that screen, that hopes to be a family of different people. And let me tell you, the names on my spreadsheet represent so many different types of people I would never have believed it possible in a place like Harrogate 10 years ago. A family of different people, united by one hope, sharing one heart for the nations. And I've got another slide, which is a global a world map. And again, just like naming people, I'm sure I'll have missed people. I'm sure I've missed places off this map. But this is a map of the people and the places I can remember as sending people to or impacting in the last 10 years. We've obviously got Vancouver on the west coast of Canada there, since a teenager in 2019 to start church, Tyler Church. We've got Hope planted firmly in the middle of the United States of America. Thanks to our exchange program funded by the American government that sends government employees across the Atlantic to join us and then the back again. Some of them love it, it's so much they come back more than once. We have to award certificates for repeat visits. We've received so much and so many people have gone back to America, fundamentally changed as a result of being amongst us. Uh, the UK, obviously, above the UK is Norway. Whilst we were still a church plant, we supported a church plant into Oslo in Norway financially with prayer. We sent people over to visit. Well, it was a wonderful joy. It was one of those balmy things where we were 40 people in a room supporting 10 people in a room across the North Sea. And yet that church is now thriving in the outskirts of Oslo and has planted into the city centre of Oslo. We sent out a young lady to Geneva in Switzerland. She's working in a, in a position of high influence uh, within European politics. Pete and Justin Webb, who just moved to Bedford, were with us from the beginning, uh, had vast involvement in Bosnia, which is that next hope. I'm working left to right now. Photography's rubbish, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Bosnia, I've been over there many times, supporting pastors, training churches in that nation. If you go down, you've got Zambia, that's the bottom one. In Africa, we've had Joseph Mwela, who leads a church in Kitwe. Zambia with us, friend of the church. We've supported financially many projects there, uh, helping women find employment, sustainable uh, employment things, micro uh, I'm just babbling from a pizza nodding, that's about right. We've also sent two uh, phenomenal members of this church over to serve there in the short term. Uh, Pam has been over helping set up a cafe in Zambia, helping us put young girls to work in a cafe, teaching them your skills of a lifetime of Beijing experience. Uh, and we sent another lady over to Veronica to help them set up some sorts. You move up Africa, you get to Kenya, you meet our friend Fred. Hands up, you met Fred in Zoom the last 18 months. There were many consequences of not meeting physically. One of the great blessings was basically having a guy from Kenya belong to our church. In Harrogate, 18 months, he enriched us, didn't he, Fred, in, in many ways. And uh, we're supporting him in friendship, we're supporting him in finance. He's supported us in all sorts of ways too. Uh, and he's currently in the process of planting into Nairobi, the capital of Kenya. Uh, we're you know, looking to see how we might support him in that adventure. Fly across the Indian Ocean, you get to Cambodia, 
hoping to plant into CM in the north of that nation before too long as well. Um, Australia, we have a much loved family who part of this church for many years in Alice Springs, uh, which is the back end of nowhere apparently in Australia. And uh, no offense to anyone from Alice Springs. Anyone in the house from Alice Springs? Yeah, great, fine. You know the note you've got here on the recommendation. There was not mine. Uh, and at uh, the far right of the screen, Hope planted there in the Pacific Ocean Fiji, where we had the joy of sending a couple uh, of medics, a dentist and a doctor, out to a medical mission. They worked in Fiji, later in Canberra, and other places. Friends, when we talk about sharing one heart with the nation, it astounds me what we've been able to do for little old Harriet over the last 10 years. Very few of these things, it's worth saying, actually have a hope about But we played our part, right? We've loved, we've prayed, we've given, we've sent, some of us have been. Uh, and the danger of putting a map up like this and talking about this is there's a glamorizing of the going. Uh, I say very clearly that those who have gone uh, are not better in any way, shape, or form than those who have not gone to the end of the earth. In fact, often the sacrifice of staying is higher, and those of us who have been a part of this church for a while will be able to count the cost of sending good, dear friends across the world and having to go again and making relationships. Many of us have prayed our socks off for folk who have gone, prayed our socks off for situations around the world. We've given sacrificially of our finance in order to help those around the world. And more than that, those of us who have stayed still go in our everyday life. We just don't go to glamorous places like Fiji and Northern Fever. We go to the end of our street and to our neighbours, and to our workplaces, and to our families. Friends, we have touched the nations. Even within the UK, and my map skills were good enough for this, we had one year in the life of a church where we sent people to, we sent a young man to join a church plant at Oban, which is like high, right? There's not much of Scotland, I'm sure there's loads of Scotland. There's not many people in Scotland as well, Oban. We sent another couple to some hostel, which is on the very south coast of Cornwall, and leaving for God to do something in a city and start something in that town now. We sent another couple in the same year to Hull on the East Coast. And we tried to send someone to the West Coast, but it didn't happen. But like we sent him as far as we can at all sorts of places across the UK. Such an incredible privilege from this little town in a rural county in the north of the UK to be touching significant places and the nations just by going around. What joy to have been a part of what God's done in these last 10 years. And there is a joy, a deep joy in remembering many of these stories. I'm sure there's a lot more, and you might find them if you go asking after church, outside of the way, you'll hear more good stories of things that people have seen God do in their lives as part of this church family. But it is also right to lift our eyes to what God is doing now and is going to do in the time to come. Because friends, as I've already said, it's the same DNA that forms who we are, the same blood coursing in our veins. Our eyes are still the same colour, our nose is still the same shape, our great aunt Beryl 
will still say to us, wow, haven't you grown? That's what's in our future. We're going to be a people compelled by love and sharing hope with the world around us. Now, when hope was planted, many of you would have been given, if you were here, one of these Vision and Values booklets. Can I get a group if anyone's ever seen this special booklet? Mine's so old, the pages are actually stuck together because the, the glossy bit has started to fade. But in here, John and Kate wrote in their letter, this is the next slide, Cynthia. This is what they wrote before they even moved to Harriet. This is what they've written down on paper, 2010. Our vision is to bring lasting hope that doesn't disappoint to the 160,000 people who live in and around Harrogate. Friends, that vision is still for us. We celebrate 60. And we say, God, we want to pray for the 160,000. And let me be really clear. People were doing this before we got here. This isn't a call that rests only on our shoulders. There are many other good churches and how to get around doing this as well. But the call of God upon us is to play our part in seeing hope taken to the 160,000 people in our town, the area around, whose hope is currently in things that will disappoint them. Because there is a hope that does not disappoint, that's found in Jesus. Back in the spring, we had a half night prayer. Uh, we were there. Good Friday, we were there on Zoom together praying, putting it up into the future. We shared a few prophetic words. You can put the next slide up. Susie, if you like. And we shared three prophetic words that we've really been stirred about in the worship team that over the course of COVID as we've been praying, God, what does life, the other side of this, look like? And we talked about the picture of hope as being like an army base. You probably have heard this before if you've been with us any amount of time. A place where people are healed, a hospital where people find healing, a, a, a school where people are equipped, and runways pointing out all sorts of directions people go, taking hope to the world around.